Pick it up in verse number one. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she had found it, she called her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Thank you for preserving it for us to learn and be admonished today. Thank you for this parable that has been preached thousands of times down through the centuries. And yet today, it's still as applicable today as it was when you first spoke it 2,000 years ago. And so I pray that you bless us, Lord. Help your people. Strengthen your people. Help us to go out of this building today having a better understanding of how you want us to live. And we'll give you the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Second part of this parable. Is dealing with a piece of silver. Uh, many believe it's a coin. I, I can't dispute that, but the Bible uses the phrase a piece of silver, most likely a coin. And the illustration is following the same narrative as started with the lost sheep. Now we're dealing with a lost coin. And with the Pharisees and the scribes, as they were there in verse number two, they begin to murmur at the Lord Jesus Christ and about the Lord Jesus Christ about eating with sinners. And he's uh, with these sinners. Can I say it this way? He's hanging out with the sinners. He's with them. And that's bothering them. That's torquing them. Uh, that's, 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 uh, that's going against what they think this Messiah should be doing or this rabbi should be doing. And so they begin to murmur. And uh, he gives this parable to show that there is a difference in how they thought about God and what God was. There's a difference on how they thought people to be and what God sees people to be. And he compares the sheep to a sinner in the first parable. He compares the coin to a sinner in the second parable. And you also find the same comparing is in the third part of the parable when he compares the son. And so he begins to show that even though there's a hundred sheep, one's gone, there is still importance to go get that sheep. Even though there's 10 pieces of silver and one's gone, there's still a great deal of importance to get that one coin. Even though there are two sons and one's gone, there's a great deal of importance on God's part to have that son come home. And so the story is one that's showing more than just an earthly story. It's, it's giving you the heart of Almighty God. 
and how he wants and desires uh, people. Now, this one's different because it's uh, silver. OK, and uh, and the th- their interesting point about this is uh, there was there was a, a value that was placed on this. And it's always been valuable. In fact, it's called a precious metal for a reason. Uh, it is uh, it is one of those uh, uh, metals that when you mine it out of the ground, as you mine copper or iron or zinc or or uh, any other uh, uh, material out of the ground, it's stored labor. It takes time to go down to the mine and find that piece of silver or that hunk of gold and bring it up to uh, the top and, 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 and have to purify it and then have to mint it, whatever coinage it's going to be in. It's stored labor. Gold and silver has always been a mode of currency for thousands of years. People have traded gold and silver as currency in, in, in every civilization. Uh, and it has been a standard, basically, of, of trade up until just uh, about 40 years ago, uh, our, our U.S dollar had been backed by a gold and been backed by a precious metal. It's not that way anymore, but it used to be uh, the paper that you hold, the dollar that you hold has really no value, no intrinsic value. It's just a piece of paper. But gold or silver has always had value because it's stored wealth. And they say that there is about 15 ounces of silver uh, to every ounce of gold. So if you go down to the mine, you find, okay, one ounce of gold, you always typically find for the last couple of thousand years, 15 ounces of silver. I just read a report from the miners uh, over the last 10 years. That ratio has drastically changed. And this is an industry, industry standard. They're now stating that there's only eight ounces of silver to every one ounce of gold. And so they're stating that silver is actually becoming even more rare than that of gold. So here is an interesting uh, switch. We went from a sheep that had a will that uh, was alive to a coin that has no will to a coin that has no personality, has nothing. It's just it's a coin. And, uh, and it's interesting. It's a different, uh, a different switch in the parable. Now, it's uh, interesting also, as you look at the, uh, the custom, they, they do believe that there is a custom that could maybe uh, uh, fall into this, uh, into this parable, that the women in those years would have coins given to them by their uh, fathers at, the, at, the, at their marriage or their wedding day. And those coins were displayed either through a necklace or through a headband. And uh, there were always 10 coins given to a new bride. And those coins were to be used in times of hardship. And sometimes uh, because of uh, something that they've d- done that would be of ill repute, they would lose their coins. And so for a married woman, it would be like wearing a wedding band. It would be a display of your marital status. But it would also be a display of perhaps even your character if you begin to lose those coins. And so it's a very interesting possibility that this coin was not just any coin. This is a coin that she needed. This is a coin that she wanted. And that, that illustration is not in the Bible, but it's just an interesting custom. But the coins, according to verse number 10, are more than just just an intrinsic uh, piece of metal. It actually represents, according to verse number 10, a sinner. Look in verse verse 10 with me. Likewise, I say unto you, there is a joy in the presence of the angels uh, uh, of God over one what? Sinner that repenteth. 
Okay, so the silver coin, we understand, represents the sinner. As the sheep represents the sinner. As the lost son represents the sinner. In all three cases, when the uh, sheep was found, there's rejoicing. When the coin is found, there's rejoicing. And when the son came home, uh, there was rejoicing. Now, here's the question. I love to ask questions. The question that I have to the text is, how did the coin get lost? How did the coin come up missing? And it's an interesting question. If you, if you go to the sheep, you can, you can deduce probably that the reason why the sheep was lost, because he took a wrong step. All right. He took one step at a time. He wandered away from the rest of the fold. He wandered away from the shepherd. Uh, the son, in the, in the last part of the parable, uh, he made a decision. He says, Father, give me a portion of goods that fall from me. He took his living and wasted his substance with riotous living. So he also made a conscious decision to take from his father and go into the far country. But the coin doesn't have a will. It's just a, it's a coin. It didn't grow legs and say, I'm going to run away. Okay. Uh, how many have ever made uh, uh, gingerbread cookies with your kids? All right. None of you. And pretend that they ran away. We're, we're nuts, Lynn. I'm telling you. Oh, man, we would have fun with that. And we act like they ran away and hide the gingerbread cookies. They would have to find it, but they couldn't do it until a snowy day. And it's one of our, I guess it's a, it's a shepherd thing. All right. So the coin, they really thought they were alive, especially Elijah. When, this head, when the head came off, uh, he, he just really torqued him. I think he's still, you know, when, when we started eating arms and legs off these things, it's kind of cannibalistic. We had to shut it down. But anyway, the, 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 the coin was lost, not, not as a result of the coin growing legs and saying, you know what, I'm going to run under this counter. No, the coin, the coin was lost because of someone else. The coin was lost as a result of maybe perhaps to the neglect of someone else. Uh, because of someone else's uh, carelessness. And so the coin's lost. The coin's lost. And, and, and as it's lost, it's useless. It's, it's not being spent. It's not being displayed. It doesn't have any wealth because, uh, to, to, to gain from because it's lost. It cannot be handled. That's why the Bible is very clear when you compare it with the sinner. A sinner in the lost condition is a hard life. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. It's a hard way of living. You're lost. And the coin is different than any other type uh, in this parable because it doesn't have a will. It doesn't have a mind. It was lost. And as you look at this, the coin would not have known it was lost. If you went to the coin and if you're into talking to coins and you talk to the coin, say, coin, do you know you're lost? The coin would not even talk to you. And, and if he could talk to you, he'd probably say, no, I didn't know I'm lost. I'm just a coin. I'm sitting on the floor. I kind of like it down here. It's kind of dark down here, kind of dirty down here. This is where I like. I don't know how I got down here, but I'm here. All right. He would not care that he's lost. Different than the sheep. If you would talk to the sheep, if you're into talking to sheep, like Levi is, uh, he raises sheep. If you talk to sheep in a nice way, Levi, not in a mean way, in a nice way, you talk to the sheep, do you know you're lost? The sheep would say, I, I, I think I'm lost. I, I try to look for everyone else. I don't see the other. I don't see my shepherd. I don't see anyone around me. I, I, I'm lost. If you talk to the son in the last part of the parable and you talk to the son, say, you know what? I know you've had a pretty rough life here. You had a good at the father's house. You spent everything that he gave you. His inheritance is given to you. You wasted all that. And now you're here in the, in the hog pen. You're eating with the 
hogs. Um, do, do you, do you, are you lost? Yeah, I am lost. I'm a mess. I, my life is a mess. I want to go back to my father's house. Now watch this. On both the sheep and the son, both of them would recognize that they're lost. But the coin wouldn't know. He's just a coin. It's just an inanimate object. So the coin represents, interestingly, a level of depravity for a sinner that exists today that they don't know that they're lost. There are sinners today that know they're lost and there are sinners that don't know they're lost. They don't care that they're lost. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 verse number 1, and the Bible says, and you hath he quickened who were dead and trespasses in sins. What does that mean? You're dead. Before you got saved, you were dead and trespasses in sins. And it goes on to say in verse number two, wherein in times past, ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So before you got saved, you were dead. Before you got saved, you walked according to the course of this world. Ladies and gentlemen, there are people that are lost today and they don't know they're lost. They're dead spiritually, dead today, and they don't know they're dead. They don't care that they're dead. But they're not dead just because they woke up dead. They're dead because of the decision that someone else made. They're still lost. They're still damned. They're still going to hell. But because of one man, the Bible says in Romans 5, 12, sin entered into the world and death by sin. Therefore, death passed upon all men for all have sin. There's some this morning that are guilty. They don't know they're guilty, but they're guilty because of someone else's, if you would, decision. They're still lost. They're still uh, uh, they're still uh, on the way to hell, but they don't know they're lost. They're indifferent to their sin. Uh, they, they would say something like this. So what? So what to death? So what to eternity? They don't concern themselves with the eternal. They, they would say uh, uh, the, 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 the statement in the Bible. Let's uh, eat and drink and be merry. Now, for tomorrow we die. That, that's their montage, if you would. And they're lost and they, they, would, they would not care about it. And they, they, they need to be found. They need to be looked for. But coins don't, don't know they need to be found. And there are those that are out there that are lost and don't know it. They're hurting today and they don't know why they're hurting. They're lonely today and they don't know why they're lonely. They're purposeless today and they don't know why they're purposeless. And they, and they add things to their life, whether it's things money can buy, maybe a substance that they take to try to fill the void that they know is there. But they don't know their spiritual condition. They're just a coin. Remember, the purpose of the parable was to show the heart of God. So you got the scribes. And they got their arms crossed. You got the Pharisees. They got their arms crossed. You got the publicans and the sinners. And they're listening to the Lord Jesus Christ. And this religious crowd is murmuring. And this parable is given to them. To show the heart of God. And to show that he's concerned about that one out of a hundred sheep. And he's concerned about that little coin out of ten. But the coin can't think. Now, I know, but I'm concerned about it. It's got value. But where was the coin? Look in verse number eight. Either what woman having 10 pieces of silver, she lose one, doth not, watch this phrase here, light a what? 
That means that coin is in a dark place. Okay, the coin's not in light. The coin can't be seen. The coin's in a dark place. Uh, the coin is in darkness, and the house uh, is most likely dark. They say that in those days they would build houses with just one door. They didn't have any windows coming in. No natural light will come into this house outside of that door. So it was necessary when you go into a house to have some type of an illumination to look inside the house. They would light candles and they would have olive oil that would light the candles. They would have candles to be able to illuminate the dark places of the house. This coin was not out in the yard. This coin was in a dark house. And based on verse number eight, the Bible says, and sweep the house. That means the house is dirty. Can we just say this this morning, folks, that there are some dark and dirty places that sinners find themselves in. They're just there. They don't know the lost. They don't know anything about eternity. They're going to hell. They need Jesus. And they're in a dark place. They're in a dirty place. Represents every sinner. And lost men are in darkness. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 4. Here's what it says. In whom the God of this world... That's Satan hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the glorious light of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And so what is it saying here? There's a God in this world, Satan, that loves to keep people blinded to the truth of God's word. Why? Because the, gl- the light, the glorious light of the gospel wants to shine. It wants to illuminate. That's why John 3 says, verse 19, and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world. Light. Light's a wonderful thing. Light is wonderful when you have it. And darkness is horrible when you have only darkness. How many have ever lost electricity in your house? And you go into the room because out of habit, you just flip the switch on and nothing's happening. Have you ever had that happen? All right. Light's a wonderful thing. But when light's taken away from you, darkness prevails. And darkness is a condition of the lost sinner. They're in darkness. They're in dirt. And they need to be found. And so looking at this shows the picture of man without Christ. They're men most miserable. They have no hope. They have no eternal dreams. They have really no life. Unless someone goes and finds that coin, it'll stay there in that darkness. And they'll stay there in that dirt. The coin was valuable. And so when the coin was lost in the dirt, it marred its very purpose for what it was used for. Men didn't know where it was. The woman didn't know where it was. And it needed to be searched, needed to be looked for. So the silver was lost. But the woman, look, at, look if you would in verse number eight again. The woman made a search. Someone had to do something about it. Amen. Verse eight. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one, doth not light a candle and sweep the house. And watch this and seek what? Diligently till she find it. Now watch this. Do you realize that the woman, first of all, had to have some concern for that lost piece of silver. In other words, the woman could say, you know what? I've got nine left. I'll just let that one. I'm not even going to try to go into that house. I'm not even going to go look in that house. I can't even see the floors of that house. It'd be like going into a teenager's room. You never see the carpet. 
This is helping all the parents, all right? There is a floor somewhere under these clothes. I don't know. Maybe there is. Maybe they're not. I don't know. But there, there is no doubt, there is no doubt in that house things I don't want to see. I've got to go into this dark house. I've got to go into this dirty house with a candle, and I've got to look for it. Watch this. There had to start with a concern, a compassion, a heart for people. You know, I, I always wonder about pastors that say the ministry would be great if people weren't in it. I know they joke about that, but that's not a joke to me. That's really not a joke. Because people are loved by God. And we ought to love people. I know people can drive us crazy. I know we can drive ourselves nuts. But we ought to love people. And this woman here looking at this coin, the Lord's saying here, and watch this, you're, never, you're not going to find the Lord Jesus Christ not loving people. Even the harshness that he used with the Pharisees and the scribe was out of his very heart of love. He loved people, but there has to be a concern. She knew that the coin could not be used and could not provide the essentials that that coin could provide unless she found it. Unless it was pulled back and found, it would stay there for a long, long time. Lynn and I were remodeling a house. We first got to Finley several years ago. And we bought this old farmhouse over on Bile Avenue in the, the southwest, uh, southeast uh, area of Finley. And it's just an old greenhouse, and uh, it just needed a, a couple things. We first got in, just a few little here and there. We ended up gutting the entire house. You know, just a little, you know, just raise the floor up here and total gut from the top down. Got a dumpster out front. We're just ripping things out, plasters coming out, dust, dirt. I mean, it, it just, it looked like a bomb hit it. I was up in the attic one day and I had the sledgehammer and I'm standing be- between the, the old floor joists and I'm just knocking down the plaster down into the living room. Hopefully my wife wasn't down there. I don't think she was. And, uh, and all of a sudden, I just my eye caught something as, as it was leaving this dark attic, entering into the light of the living room. And it was a rolled up look to be a piece of paper and there was old insulation and dust and it went under a pile of junk. I, I yelled down to my wife. I, I said, I said, something fell. I don't know what it was. And, and we pulled it out and it was the deed to the land dated 1863. Uh, James Bile, actually his own signature, James Bile that bought the original 88 acres there in that subdivision and every other, uh, a landowner in that area through the years, all rolled up in this. I could not believe it. it was a beautiful document, very well preserved. How'd that get lost? Neglect. It's so important, listen, to understand that one day, you know, something could get lost, never to be found again. There's people that have lost things that they don't know whether they're, they're in the house somewhere. That key's here somewhere in this house. Uh, that whatever is, it's in this house, my, my dog is in this house somewhere. I don't know where it's happened. It's here somewhere. We lost it. Somewhere it's gone. And we'll never find it again. But listen, there is no doubt the woman is concerned about the condition of the coin. I got to find the coin. I know it's in this house. It's in a dark place. It was that very piece of silver that was worth everything to this woman. And she had to find it. And I will get in there and I will look for it. 
I want you to note how the Lord Jesus Christ uses the church. If you're part of the local church, you're part of an institution that the Lord Jesus Christ established 2,000 years ago to carry out the greatest commission ever given to man. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We are, as a church, supposed to be carrying out that great commission. And the woman here is a picture of the church. The woman. In fact, this was an intense search. This is not some of casual search. She wasn't looking, looking at her husband. You know what, husband? Uh, 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 I'm just going to go in there for a few minutes. If I can't find it, I'll just come out. No, she got a candle. She got a broom. And she went in there. And the word diligently is used. So she's going to come out of that house with a coin. This is till she find it. She is just like the shepherd going after the sheep till he find it. She was not coming out of that house till she find it. How about some determination there where they're looking and they're searching and they're expecting to find what they lost. Wow. What that be a good spirit inside a church that the church for the most part looks for souls, anticipates to find souls and looks for souls until they find them. Wouldn't that be a good I get a characteristic of a church as a whole, not just from the pastor, but from the congregation that we're going to look for souls. We're going to look for souls that got lost. We're going to look for souls that are in a dark place that are in a dirty place. Wow. Wow. What a church that would be. So she lights a candle, a picture of the Holy Spirit. A picture of the word of God. The Bible says thy word is a lamp. Under my feet, a light unto my path. That book right there is a book of light. The Holy Spirit of God is a, is a spirit of light. Okay, a light illumination. It, 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 uh, it gives you illumination. It shows where you're going. It lights the area that you're trying to find. And so she knows that I'm not going into that dark house without God, without light. I'm going to go in this house, but I'm not going to go in this house without spending some time with the father of lights. I'm not going to go in this house without asking the Holy Spirit of God and using the word of God, walking into this dark house without this book right here is a useless thing to do. When this woman realizes this coin is lost, she doesn't wait. She doesn't ponder. She springs into action because she's on a mission to get that coin back. And when it comes to people, I believe this. When it comes to people, we live in a society where little value is placed on individuals. I mean, children this, this, this morning in Finley, Ohio, are in abusive homes. There are children in Finley, Ohio, that have been abused this week. They're just, they're just useless to those that are supposed to be parenting them. I'm a, ch- a chaplain for the Finley Police Department, and it's a horrible thing to know that inside this community, there are people that believe people are worthless. Human trafficking, prostitution, but people are not worthless. They're valuable. In fact, many of people are just reduced to numbers, but from God's perspective, every person is a soul. Everyone. But she doesn't go in that house without light. That light is a picture of that Holy Spirit, the word of God. Without the light, 
The search would be a useless search. It'd just be, a, it'd be futile. One preacher said this, before we go to men about God, church, we need to go to God interceding for men. Before we listen, before we go to a sinner, we need to go with God and his light and his word. How many times has the church tried to do things in the flesh? How many times have we sent missionaries or we've gone door knocking or we've engaged in a conversation that's supposed to take that conversation to the spiritual, but we fall flat on our face when we go without God. I got a phone call, young preacher. I was a young preacher just in the ministry, had a teenager in my youth department. He brought a young girl to church with him and her name was Mutu. And Mutu and him were were not really a thing, but they were just friends, school friends, that kind of thing. Mutu had an incurable disease and we talked to her, we gave her the gospel, but she was in a Buddhist home. To make matters worse, she was in the home of two lesbian women that were her mother. So I get the phone call one night that Mutu had taken a turn for the worse and she may be dying in a couple of hours. As a pastor, I just rushed to the house. I did not call anybody. I didn't really have that many people to call. I could have called several people, say, listen, I'm going to go into darkness. I'm going to go into a dark home. And I would ask, I didn't ask anyone to pray for me. I just went. I got into the home and there's Mutu laying there on a bed. And one of the lesbian mothers was on the other side of the bed and one lesbian mother on this side of the bed. And they both turned to me. I had a Bible in my hand and say, what are you doing here? I said, I'm Pastor Shepherd. Jesse, uh, her friend, has asked me to come and talk to Mutu about her salvation. She is not interested. You can leave now. I looked over as she was trying to block me from Mutu is on her deathbed, a 15-year-old girl. She's on her deathbed. She's trying to look over the shoulder of this mother who is blocking and trying and physically pushing me out of the room, say, please leave now. And in that kind of that hustle, I wasn't pushing back. I was just walking to the door. Mutu says, Pastor Shepherd, Pastor Shepherd. And both the mothers looked at her and me and she says, please, I do thank you for coming to talk to me, but I cannot trust Jesus as my savior. I am Buddhist, but thank you for coming. And I said, through the scripture, I said, the Bible is declaring that there's only one way to heaven. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh. That's enough. Mutu says, I cannot. I walked out of there, and I was so convicted because I did not pray before I went into that dark house. I didn't even seek God's face. I just... I'll just take the word. I'll just uh, go in there and just do it. I've always done. Before we go to men about God, we need to go to God interceding for men. This woman did not go into that house without a light. She did not go into the house without a broom. She was going to clean until she found it. 
And I love the word here, diligently. It wasn't going to be something she's going to casually do. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, our church should not casually reach people. Our our church should not casually disciple. Our church should be diligently serving, diligently discipling. I dare say that in this church, we have several that are in discipleship, many of which are, are really growing. But there's a handful, maybe 10, 15, that just, you know, ah, if I do it, I'll do it. If I don't, I don't. If I get in, I'll get in. And they're not diligent about being commissioned and going and reaching someone themselves and carrying out the great commission and getting those coins that are lost in darkness and, and uh, cannot be found unless someone goes in with the light of God's word and the broom, the gospel broom, and looks diligently until she finds it. Church, ladies and gentlemen, church, those that are watching online, we are not to sit in our living rooms. We're not to sit inside these four walls. We're not to accept a lethargic Christianity that has been handed to us. We are to go into the darkness of this world with the light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and find those coins. Rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. Amen. We just sung the song and I say, man. Brother, you're on a roll. You're on a roll by the Holy Spirit. I love one, it was 183, 196, was it? Look at that. Let me see if I can find it. 186. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Okay. He left his father's throne above. So free, so infinite was his grace. Emptied himself of all but love and bled. The Adam's helpless race. Tell mercy on men sent free. For oh my God. It found out me. Amazing love. How can it be? Thou my God. Shouldst die for me. Long my imprisoned spirit lay. Fast bound in sin. In nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flame with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee, amazing love. How can it be that thou shouldst die for me? Someone's got to go. Someone's got to go. Someone's got to get the light, the candle. Someone's got to get the broom. And someone's got to be diligent. Don't you sit there and tell me I'm going to retire from the Lord's work. You're not retired until you take your last breath. Don't you get lazy on God. Don't you sit on your hands and say, I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm not enough educated. Don't, don't you use those excuses to God. We need some women to go into the house. We need some people to go into the house and look, search. It's dark. It's dirty. I got other things to do. But to God, a coin's valuable. Now, the blessing is that one day this is all going to be over. This, this, as you look at this, 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 uh, this parable on both the sheep, the coin, and the lost son. When that which is lost is found, there's not a response like, wow, I'm glad another one got saved. There's not, wow, hope it works out for him. 
There is a party. I mean, they get on in a right way. I mean, this is a rejoicing party. Can you imagine this? Imagine your girlfriend, girlfriend calling you up. You ain't going to believe this, honey. I lost the coin. Yeah, the coin. What coin? I, a coin, the coin. I went all day long and looked for it. I had the kids out of the house. I had the kids looking. I had my husband all upset with me because I'm trying to find the coin. And I found it. I want you to come over to the house today and rejoice with me because I found the coin. It'd be kind of weird. We all here? That's just weird. Even put that, even put that on Facebook, that's just weird. Now, can, I get a, can I get a kind of poll of who would like to come over and rejoice with me tonight? It's weird. But look at this, verse 9. And when she had found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors. They've got to be real good friends. <laughs> calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Now, that's a good neighbor. What are we here for? I found a coin. Okay. Well, you're, you're my friend. You've been a friend for years. What, what, what are we going to reach? We're just going to we have a party. Cool, isn't it? A little weird. But it's not when you look at the next verse. Because the next verse shows you what God is doing. I love it when God takes you from this world right into heaven. And he gives you that contrast. Are you all here? Watch what it says in verse number 10. I want you to get this and we'll go home. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the what? Presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Now, the first parable says it's heaven. The next thing, it's talking about heaven. The presence of angels is in heaven. So, so, so when this woman finds this coin, okay, representing the sinner, she brings her friends over and they rejoice. Probably the coin sitting in the middle of the table. Yes, found it. Took me all day. Got it. Yes, good job. Praise God. That's good. All right. But in heaven, when one sinner repenteth, in heaven, they're looking at this thing and they're, they're, they're kind of gathering around. They're pulling in some angels or pulling in some other uh, saints of God. And, and here's the Holy Spirit. Here's the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Here's the presence of the angels over one sinner that repents. And they all get excited. And they start to, if you would, rejoice. Now listen. If you don't get excited about people getting saved, you're not going to have a good time in heaven. <laughs> Are you all with me tonight? <laughs> I mean, if you're not excited about going into dark houses, watch this, with a, with a candle and with a broom and looking diligently, you're not going to get excited when you find it because it ain't going to be found. But when you do... There's something about working on something. When you finally get it done or you find it, it's a blessing. I'm, you know, you, you know this. There's so many things that you can lose so quickly. And they could be gone. And then months later when they're found, it's like, wow. I can't believe I missed that thing. Blessing. For this cause, this rejoicing is something that's done in heaven. It's something that is going to glorify God. It's something that when someone's pulled out of that old, dirty, dark, 
miserable life. And they're brought into the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only is it exciting just to watch what God's doing in their life. But in heaven, the Bible uses the phrase, there's joy in the presence. How many have ever gone to a funeral and there's just, it's, it's heartache, it's misery. It's, it's, it's not the, it's, it's, a, it's a time of mourning. But then you get to a place where there's presence, there's joy in the, in, in the presence of the people. And it's just a happy place to be. It's joyful. That's what it's like in heaven. When someone gets saved. Just joy. You know what it tells me about this? God gets excited about just looking for people. I'm talking to all of us, myself. When we leave here, you know what we're going to be doing, all of us? Looking for people. Looking for someone. Who is it, Lord? Who do I need to talk to today? No, watch this. Who do I get to talk to today? Who do I get to take the light of your word and share with him truth? Who do I get to go with the broom, the gospel broom? Who is it, Lord? Or are we comfortable? Listen, church, are we comfortable not going? Are we comfortable just kind of doing our own little religious weekend activity going to church? Y'all here? This can become just a routine for us. I think COVID-19 can really pull us into a, a rut. Just a rut. And we're not doing anything for the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I got to have six foot distancing and I got to wear my mask and I can't talk to anybody. I understand that. Put John 3.16 on the outside of your mask then. Straight up conversation with people. I'm talking to myself, folks. I'm saying this, that we need to be more diligent about looking because God, he's pretty excited when they're found. So can you see this whole thing work together? The church, the light, the broom. The church working together with the word of God and the Holy Spirit, the gospel message, that broom going into dark houses, dirty houses, and finding that sinner. That doesn't know they're lost. This really applies honestly to folks that are sitting out here. If they just had one Christian, one Christian, give them one truth of their word of God's word. It would, it would plant a seed in their heart. So that's different. We had a, we had a, uh, a couple here that's uh, from a different religion I'm online. So I'm being very careful. A couple of weeks ago, you know, what was planted in their heart is the gospel seed light light. And that's our job. That's our job. Our job is to find sinners and reach them, find coins and reach. But they don't want to talk. Coins don't talk good. I know that they just kind of look at you. But talk to them, reach them, go find that sheep. Go reach that lost son. The parable is, listen, spoken to the Pharisees and the scribes, the religion. And the heart of God is, I want people saved.